They're all saving one, or most of them, most of the Hampshire fielders are saving one. Somerset need one run. It's Edwards to Hildreth. He's there and bowls Hildreth, and he gets the run away through the onside. And Somerset have won. They've won the Royal London One Day Cup. Good evening, you're listening to Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. This is the Somerset Cricket Podcast. My name's Ian Shepherd, and joining me tonight we've got Steve Tancock and Dan Kingdom. Uh, we've had three T20s uh, in the last week since we last recorded. Uh, losses against Essex and Surrey and a win last night against Kent. If you look at those four, or the four teams there, Somerset, Essex, Surrey and Kent, as a little bit of a mini-league. Steve, is it fair to say that uh, winning one and losing two... Is a fair result. We're better than Ken. We Essex are probably better than us, and Surrey are definitely better than us. No, no. I think Essex are inferior to us, and I think that was the that was the result that really disappointed me. Um, <coughs> I think they were undercooked. I don't think, and you know, um, the justification for it with the championship and everything. Uh, it still seems to me that the lineup and the order is a bit of a work in progress. Josh Davey, who's never figured in T20, is is now in the side. Jack Leach was brought into the squad. It, it, it just, to me, seems a little bit, a little bit un Somerset, un Jason Kerr like at the moment. Um, but I've, as I've said before, and I'll say again, T20 is very like baseball, and in baseball they play 162 games in regular season because it takes that many for the best teams to come to the top. So. Before it started, I, I honestly thought us, Sussex and Surrey were the three best sides in the competition. Um, Essex, I don't think, have done terribly well. We've been keeping a, not keeping as much of an eye on it as perhaps they should, but I don't think they've done terribly well since uh, we lost to them. But then you get a game like last night where Middlesex beat Hampshire chasing 215 or something. So it, <coughs> it can happen. Um I think if we could get a result at Sussex, which is a big ask, I know, but I think that will put us back in where we want to be. But the table's still so young at the moment, and you know, a win's put us up to third or fourth, and a defeat will put us back to seventh. But yeah, the- I, I just would like a few tweaks my side to what's what's on the field at the moment. So the table in the South Group, then we've got Sussex, Surrey, and Kent occupying positions one, two, and three, all on six points, separated by net run rate. And then separated on net run rate, all with two points are in this order. Somerset, Glamorgan, Gloucester, Hampshire, Essex and Middlesex. Uh, Somerset's net run rate is the best of those. Uh, Dan, we saw some uncharacteristically loose stuff from Max Waller, who's been our... Well, he's almost a T20 talisman, is Max. When he's performing well, he mm. lifts the side. He thrives on those uh, packed houses at, at Taunton for the T20 games. And he just didn't seem to be at the races, particularly for the the first game against Essex. Although he did pick it up again in the uh, the win against Kent last night. Yeah, I mean, with Max, you always know that there's a loose. There could be a loose ball around the corner, and there was just a few too many in the first couple of games. And I think he just he, he just lost his line of length. I think he just he just wasn't in that mindset of of um, accuracy. You know, he he wasn't accurate at all. He didn't seem to. Yeah, he just couldn't find the right line of length. And last. Like he did. Um, there's still a couple of bad balls, but you expect that with Max. Um, but they didn't really. He had a bit more luck, I think, last night as well. Um, and he got a couple of wickets. You know, he he got the big one, didn't he? As well, was it was it Crawley? Yeah, he got Crawley out, didn't he? Crawley was going well. 
bowled. You know, Max loves to attack the stumps in T20 cricket, and that's you know that's what he did effectively yesterday. And you noticed as well in the first couple of games, he had quite a few misfields. Mm, and you know, he was, his, yeah, his head wasn't quite there. I think it's just, that just that's just sort of symptomatic that something was off. Um, it's just one of those things, you know, if you have a misfield, it can then feed into your bowling and you bowl worse and that can feed into fielding again, or maybe it's vice versa. You know, it's just sort of one of those things, isn't it? Because cricket's a game of the mind, isn't it? As we know. So, um, yeah, he, he, he looked much better last night. There was one minor misfield I spotted at one point, but um, no, he, he looked better. So hopefully he can uh, keep that going. Um, and as we know, you know, he's a top player and you know anyone can have a couple of bad games in T20. Hopefully it remains just that. And, uh, yeah, he'll keep up what he did last night. How's the atmosphere in the ground um, comparable to an, a, a normal T20 with a, with a packed house on a on a weeknight? Looking at yeah, the live stream, it, it seems to be more like the the Championship audience. Well, yeah, it, it is. I mean, again, it seems to be you know in a normal T20 match you get the sort of the rowdier people in the Somerset stand. And somehow it seems to be the same again. The, the Somerset stand seems to be the loudest. It's obviously just a coincidence, or maybe it's the, the vibes that the stand give off. But the members sat there seem to be the ones who are the loudest. I mean, unless perhaps the one-day members ended up there and they're more sort of more likely to be a bit more a bit more rowdy, you know. Um, but um, yes, yeah, it's, it's a slightly odd atmosphere, but a good atmosphere. I think. I think you know, last night you felt it particularly against Surrey. It was a bit flat because we weren't great. Um, but yesterday the crowd, you know, crowd really got going yesterday. Um, you know, particularly you know from from the you know from the ninth over onwards, we were on top. Um, so you know, the crowd were right behind them, and they were energised by Craig Oberson as well. Craig got a really good reception last night, and yeah, just the team doing well generally, it just naturally lifts the crowd. Whereas against Surrey, we were just you know we bowled really poorly, and you know the, it was just flat the last few overs because we knew we were going to lose. So. So our next batch of three games then, we're away at Hove against Sussex on Friday, uh, then we're on TV against uh, Glamorgan, that was at home on Saturday the 19th, and then we are away at the Oval, where we might finally see Overton versus Overton <laughs> on Wednesday the 23rd. So um, if we sort of take these in batches of three, we'll probably try and get together next Thursday to, to dissect and bisect and and digest what we've seen in those three games. Um, but selection-wise then, obviously Roloff is injured and will walk straight back into that T20 side, we think. Um, yeah, but Roloff will be out for a while, apparently. He's out for a while, is he? Mm. Okay. Yeah, could be the whole tournament, apparently. Third. Oh, no. I hope he doesn't miss 100. <laughs> no, I, I hope Lewis Dolzovi isn't his replacement for 100. Oh God! Oh yeah, we've got the uh, we've got the supplementary draft. Or whatever well, it, well, well, there's that. Called. But even but I'm assuming if a player gets injured, then someone else could come in to replace him as well. But yeah, even mm. so, yeah, regardless of Roloff, Goldsberry could be a blast wild card pick, which is yeah, fun. Yeah, they're drop they're dropping like flies in the uh, well, not necessarily through injury in the hundred, but everybody's uh, particularly the Aussies uh, are wondering if they if they leave Australia, will they be allowed back in? Steve, so have you been uh, happy with selection for these uh, these first three games? No, because I, I I actually wanted Jack Brooks to play last night because I think he's done pretty well. And I, I know he's perhaps not what you want in the field, but I think he showed he can really do it. And he did it in the second 11 and warm-up games as well. Um, I, I'm going to do a pick 14 players, and I'd have liked <laughs> to see Casey Aldridge given a game. Uh, and I think I'm worried about Hildreth anyway. 
but when Devon Conway comes back in, then presumably we're going to rejig the batting order again with Hildreth coming in three. Tom Abel seems now to be settled at four. I'm worried about Lewis, Gregory, because I don't think, I think captaincy is weighing heavy on him. You know, he bowled one over for eight last night, I think, and Marchant was better last night and did what we wanted him to do. So I think there's quite a few questions there. Um, Two overs and 19, Lewis bowled last night. Yeah, his mm. first ever went for eight, didn't it? And then he brought, yeah. came back later on and whatever. Um, it, as I said at the start, I just think it's all a bit not quite the clarity of plan that we normally have. On the positive side, and I, I've been wanting to say this for ages, I think we have potentially a superstar in Lewis Goldsworthy here. I think his, it's not just his technique and his ability, but the way he batted, he did it with Baba Azam at Cardiff in his debut last year, batted so effectively as the foil to the, the set batsman. And he just seems to be able to adapt his game. And, you know, he got out, in my view, trying to attack a bit and, and be a bit more expensive. I suspect he could even become a sort of, you know, to use the vernacular, a finisher in mm -hmm. this. You know, in the classic Michael Bevan, um, Neil Fairbrother, if you go back that far. Uh, and I, I just really, really rate him. And I, don't, I think he needs to play whenever possible just to get the development time. But I'm, I'm happy with Will Smead in the side. I think it's he did well last year. And, you know, what's the harm in giving these kids a longer run? It's going to improve our chances in the 50 over. And I'd like to see Casey Aldridge mm -hmm. given a game or two as well. And Josh, you know, as I said, we all we all know what Josh Davey can do in the championship. Is he really a T20 bowler? Does he want to be? I'd love to be able to sit down with him and say, do you really want to play in this or wouldn't you rather you know have a few weeks just working on technique and playing the 50 over stuff as well so those are my big my big issues at the moment yeah and so clearly i want well i want us to win two of the next well, i want us to win three of the next three but the minimum i think we've got to win two of the next three absolutely because other devon conway is going to come back and have to a real mountain to climb so josh is um he's gone at around 10 and over in all the uh the three games so far which is more or less par at Taunton. I think we all agree that 200 is is a minimum. Yeah, 3.5 overs, 3 for 39 uh, against Essex, uh, against Surrey, uh, 2 for 31 off 3, and against Kent, uh, 1 for 32 off 3. So he's picked up a few wickets along the way, but um, he has been expensive. One thing is, I, is that any better than Tom Abel could do? If, you know, Anthony was saying last week about Tom Abel being an effective t20 bowler he hasn't bowled yet would it have mm. hurt to have played somebody else and given tom abel a couple of overs i, just... I think we've almost think... got too many bowling options and we need a bit more variety that's why I like lewis goldsworthy max waller you know left arm spin a bit of leg spin marching with the pace uh, and then if you look at lewis gregory you look at craig overton you look at jack brooks and you look at josh Davy. i know craig is a class above those in red ball cricket, but they're all three or four very similar pace bowlers, similar line and length, more red ball bowlers. I think we need a left arm option. Tom Lamanby, I think, would be the only one that we've got in that respect. Uh, maybe Casey Aldridge with a bit more height, pace, and bounce. And he, he picked up four against, four in four against uh, was it Glamorgan in that warm up game for the second team. 
and if that doesn't get you a gig probably <coughs> nothing will unless you're on uh, on schedule to come in for some sort of rotation so I think we do need to start rotating the bowlers and maybe start thinking a bit long term as well because when I was doing I was um, sort of put my side up on, on Twitter just for what it's worth and it was quite a juggling act trying to assign people to roles mm-hmm. because people were almost too flexible because I was calling last year for roll-off to come up the order to say bad at three, but thinking about it, is he a more effective guy coming in in the 15th over to really finish an innings off with putting, you know, would he be wasted in the power play where more orthodox hitting with the field mm-hmm. up will get you get you more results, whereas a roll-off would be more effective finding weird and wonderful areas to hit boundaries, so it was. A, it was a. I know it looks like a you know a, a run of the mill Somerset team, but it is a it is a fine balance in that trying to work out roles for these guys. A headache. I, yeah, I was the first two games. I was concerned we didn't have enough batting, and I think that showed both times. I think both times we lost early wickets and we had to spend too long in the middle consolidating because we knew we didn't have much more batting. Delanger was a place too high at number eight. And I would have played... I mean, Goldsworthy, I think, was injured for the first game, but he wasn't a scoff for the second yeah. game. He didn't play, and that surprised me. Um, but yesterday, by bringing in Craig, you know, that and, and Goldsworthy, Byron, um, that did allow us to have a bit more batting. And I think that gave Abel and Goldsworthy the confidence to sort of go big earlier because first two games, we sort of consolidated four, five, six overs after the power play. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, they spent two overs consolidating Abel and Goldsworthy. Then they were straight into boundary mode from over nine onwards, and it worked. And that's what we've got to do at Taunton. We, we've got to get 200 when we bat first. Um, and I think they have probably had more confidence to do that but just because we knew that batting lineup uh, was a bit longer. But the team overall, I quite like it now. I think the top six is pretty much what I do. So, Bounton, Hilda, Smead, Abel, Goldsworthy, Gregory. Yeah, I think I'm happy with that. Um, goals of so would, a bit you, would you perhaps. drop Smead for Conway and move Hildreth down one in a couple of no, games? No, I, I think I would... I need, to, I need to check where Conway usually bats, but I think I would actually keep Banton Hildreth opening and go with uh, Conway at three, perhaps. Um, it, it doesn't matter too much, but I've actually been really happy with Hildreth. I know he's not gone on, but you know he's had you know 39 off 18, uh, followed by 31 off 17, followed by 27 of 19. That's fine. That's good. There's nothing wrong with that in T20 cricket. Would have been nice if he'd gone on one of the times, uh, but hopefully, you know, he's, he's he's in form. He's definitely in form. So um, hopefully that'll happen next time. It seems to be working okay in opening, um, and I'm quite happy with that. Yeah, Davies an interesting one as well. I mean, if anything, I'm still slightly, I still slightly feel like we could extend the batting lineup by bringing in Lammers for, for Davy perhaps. Um, but Davies, he's picked up wickets, and I like that. He's taken mm. wickets. He took a wicket of his first ball in the first two games, and then in the third game, he took a wicket in his first over. He has been a bit expensive, but in the power play, he seems effective. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same Craig. Um, I think they're good power play bowlers. And I was also encouraged last night by Delanger bowling really well in the middle, and as well mm-hmm. as Max and Goldsworthy. We still possibly lack a proper death bowler at someone who's going to, you know, could win us games at the death. And um, the way we're going to win is, you know, score well pressure, I think, rather than our bowlers winning it. But I think Ollie Sale has yeah. uh, found a new career as a documentary filmmaker. I'm not sure when, yeah. when he's quite back from injury. Is he is he bowling in, in the nets yet? Uh, I, I think no. He's he's only doing fitness works. What I've heard, not doing any technical work yet. Did you see the uh, the latest episode of Behind the? I'm going to have to beep the word Wyvern yeah. just to keep oh, keep the there? Behind the dragon. 
Um, I haven't watched them yet. Yeah. I need to get around to it. Uh, it was it was all right. You, the trouble is, they're never ever going to show you the stuff that you really really want to see. <laughs> With March and the Langer having somebody pinned up against a wall, raging for a drop. <laughs> Not them saying March and just anybody, you know, a real dressing room bust up. The closest we saw, uh, I think, was after the it was one of the losses where Ollie Saylor tucked himself up in the balcony in the long room, and it was I think it was Roloff came in and he shucked his cap down and there was a beep and then another beep and then another beep and then a bat went and somebody else came in and beeped oh but that yeah but that was it uh as far as the uh the really controversial stuff went but uh nice to see uh nice to see some uh content being produced by uh uh by ollie sale there for us um right should we pop on to listeners questions then and see what's uh see what's coming i've got a long one from Stuart hodgkiss who popped this on facebook uh so in my opinion tom abel is the most complete cricketer in the country right now no other player combines solid top order risks uh sort of runs with genuine bowling abilities world-class fielding and the leadership skills of a fine captain i honestly believe there is no better player out there right now it stands to reason that england will have to look at him soon especially with the problems they currently have but this is where i'm torn much as i want to see tom take his career as far as it can go i genuinely feel as lost to summers that could be devastating to our quest for silverware so my question is, are, do you think he realistically has a chance with England? For what it's worth, I don't subscribe to the theory that the captain and selector are biased against Somerset. I just think they underestimate us. And more importantly, if we do lose him to international duties, how on earth do we ensure the club doesn't suffer too much? Mm. Well, yeah. I think I don't think Abel will play the next test. Um, I think they'll keep the same top three. And I think the question is whether the first reserve is still bracy for the top three, or are they going to move on from it? I think that would be very harsh. I think they should persist with bracy. Not as you know, I don't think you'll play the next test because Stokes, Stokes, and Joss are coming back. But I think bracy should be the first reserve for the top three, and then is Hamiz the second reserve? Seems so mm-hmm. because they picked it as in the squad, which I thought was a bit of an old selection. But Tom Abel, I think, was close, and I think maybe he's next after Hamiz. If Tom keeps churning out runs, I mean, obviously it's T Twenty time now, but you know, he he just needs. I think, I think he just needs a couple more centuries to really nail his case. He's had two sort of eighties or nineties, and a few extra runs in those innings. He had ninety-eight. He's had ninety-eight in an eighty-eight. So two more runs in the ninety-eight, twelve more runs in the eighty-eight. Small margin, but he'd be in a much better position, I think, just those runs because it just looks so much better. Three centuries compared to one. He needs that beginnings to catch a selector's eye, doesn't he? That that one eighty yeah. or ninety two hundred. I think the Bristol one would have, to some extent, you know, 132, and that was, you know, batting through a collapse. He, he you know, the, the thing is, if he's going to go on the Ashes tour, you kind of want him to have already made his test debut. And, you know, this India series is five tests long. You know, England aren't in a great place at the moment. India are a damn good side. You just wonder whether there might be some changes after two or three tests and Abel might be in with a shot, you know. And so these two championship games coming up, they're, they're probably they're the only ones left before that series. So if he can get big runs in there, then you know he must be near. But must be near. But I've got a, my prediction. If anything, is potentially he won't play this year. And after after the Ashes, they might bin off Sibley and Crawley, mm. and then next summer. Or I think there's a West Indies tour actually, isn't there? Next uh, spring, and you know that you need a bit of mm. spin there, and you need a good good pairs of spin. And Abel is one of them. So maybe that's when Abel comes in. But yeah, it's tough to predict. If he is picked by England, Steve, he's a massive uh, 
a four-dimensional loss in fielding, batting, bowling, and captaincy to oh, us. Yeah, yeah. Massive hole to fill. I agree. Can I just say I agree with everything Dan said. All I'd add is that I think Tom Nagel's best chance of getting in the England side is as captain. I genuinely do. Ooh. And I think... I think uh Yeah, but I think that Root may well find his, he's on borrowed time by the time they go to Australia. Because I think India will demolish this England side. Four years um, is normally the shelf life for a, an international test captain, isn't it? Root's not far off that. We may even have just notes. crept over it. 2016. He t- no, 2017. Yeah, 2016. 20, yeah. Start of the 2016 summer to go there. So, yeah, five years. Yeah. yeah. I, I, with regard to how it would leave us, um, I, I'm going to sideswipe the question by saying I don't think it's going to happen this year, so I don't think it's an issue. Uh, I suspect that the longer-term planning might be that we need somebody to recruit somebody who is going to be able to fill... Sorry, sorry for Pardon the pun. The going pun. to able to fill that vacancy. I think it's a great question, Stuart. Really, really hits the nail on the head in so many ways. That it all, I think, able selection all depends on whether Somerset are challenging at the top of group of Division One in September because the ECB conspiracy theory will kick into action. They'll want to deny us that they'll pick the whole Somerset team for the second or third test against India. You can't have that oh, many people sorry. carrying drinks and hand sanitizer, though. Ian. Oh, they might need it. They might need it. <laughs> I hope there's no bubbles data in the summer. I hope by then, oh, I don't know. We don't know. I don't want to lose Craig or Tom or for, for them not to play again. Hopefully mate. not. What's the like, July? Way, July the nineteenth, isn't it? Which is yeah. I think that's the day after our last T20 game, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. It was 2017. Sorry, when Brute took over, okay. not 2016. But yeah, still a bit a while. Though. Been a while. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's had he's he's one ashes his four years. Tour. Yeah. Yeah, he's I had think. one ashes tour already. You know. Yeah. I don't know if he'll survive beyond the second one. A tough away, uh, a tough Ashes tour, and a tough and a big loss to Australia finishes people off generally as, as captain. So, um, yeah. yeah. But we are all England fans, as well what, as though, Somerset fans, so we don't want to be. If, uh, there's, if there's somebody who could get a phone call in October saying we want you to captain the England side to Australia, having never played for England before, and I had to. <laughs> stake a name I picked Tom Abel to do that because I think he's more than capable he's that good yeah absolutely agree thanks for that Stuart that's a great question let's move on to Twitter one from Mike what are your thoughts on the England India ladies test match being played on an albeit for only 39 over game used pitch yeah um, not ideal a scheduling conflict more than anything I think yeah. Trying to find a, a first class ground with four spare days in the middle of the blast is is tr- yeah. gonna be tricky, isn't it? And I think the reason was that the part of the reason was anyway, um this test was added to the schedule quite late. But you do wonder, you know, it's only one blast game, one match. You know, could that did that have to be on that wicket? Could it not have been on another one? And also it this would not have happened in a men's test. No way would it have happened. So it really, really shouldn't happen to the women. Um, the one consolation is that it could be worse, and it was worse two years ago at Taunton. That mm. that pitch was used for the New Zealand Afghanistan World Cup game, and possibly another game or two. I'm not sure. It was it was quite used, so this isn't as bad. And by the sounds of it, pitch today, you know, from from what I've seen, it didn't play too badly. So 
it could be worse, but it does definitely show a lack of respect, you know, for, for the women's game because it would never have happened to the men, not a chance. And you started a movement on Twitter today, I see. Lack Wait, of just promoting your... just, uh, the general lack of facilities at, at grounds. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just thought it was worth pointing out, you know, I think a lot of grounds, well, the mostly the toilet facilities are fine. I think it's just Gloucestershire that seem to have, you know, these bad toilet <laughs> facilities at the moment. Don't, the don't get was... Ian started on Bristol again. We had that a couple of <laughs> yeah, The whole ground is a toilet. toilet. So there we go. <laughs> the other thing was uh, tap water. And that's something I've thought, I've thought about before. Mm. I don't know if you've ever tweeted about it. But a lot of grounds don't seem to have easy, accessible tap water, you know, that's available for free. And I think it should be, I think it should be basic. I think, uh, yeah. not, you know, cricket's played in summer, very, very hot. And I think tap water should be a basic you know some guys have got it but i think more definitely all need to because it's just it's just just obvious yeah. really i mean you've got the we've got our sinks in the toilets i don't know about we haven't got any fountains around though have we anywhere no no water bottle from sinks in toilets you don't know whether it's really drinking water or not do you so oh, i gave it a go can't be that bad oh, i wouldn't <laughs> i'm still here right guys i'm gonna to have to be incredibly rude and leave you now due to other commitments but i'll catch up with you next week okay Cheers, Steve. Thanks, we'll Steve. catch you next week. Cheers. Steve's got an appointment. See, this is the trouble with the T20s. We're, we're all over the shop. With the with the championship games uh, being Thursday to Sunday, we're on a, on a nice little rotor, and now we've been uh, thrown off it by uh, the Blast games being all random. Right, next question. Uh, thoughts on our scene bowler's suitability for T20, and should Brooks be in the side, bearing in mind... He is quite decent T20 record and economy rate. Would like to see a bit more variety, perhaps a medium pace of Tom Abel should be used more. Yeah. Um, I think Brooksy, Brooksy did, well, Brooksy was really good in those first two games, I thought. Um, I think he's seen as a power play bowler. Um, and I think Craig has that role as well. And, you know, he bowled three overs in the power play yesterday. And, um, you know, he came in and did that effectively. And I think Craig, Craig adds back as well so I would pick Craig ahead of Brooks normally I think they're sort of like like replacements you could make a case that Brooks could play instead of Davey I suppose they're you know sort of similar bowlers sort of again they're both sort of power play bowlers I think so I reckon there's a good chance Brooks will return later in the tournament considering he bowled well again for the second today Mm. he's consistently bowling well at the moment in the second 11 T20 matches so he could be back yeah, we have got a bit of a glut of fixtures, particularly towards the end of the group. We've got four games in five days in the last uh, uh, the last week before that. Mm. Um, those the first of the two championship games. So we're away at Kent uh, on the twenty eighth. We are then away at Canterbury on the uh, sorry Chelmsford on the 29th. So that's a nice little mini tour of the southeast. We've got Wednesday night off. And then Thursday, we're up at Bristol. And then on the Friday, we are home to Middlesex. Then we've got a day off. Then we've got the championship game against Leicester. So you think Mm. we're going to have to rotate in that little group of games, particularly our championship bowlers. You you want Craig Overton fit for that game. Josh Davey, Lewis Gregory. So they're probably... I don't know. He probably only played two of those, uh, two of those games each, just to, to I try think and keep them Gregory, fresh. I don't think Gregory will be rested. I think he'll he'll continue to play. But Craig and Delanger and Davy, yeah, I think we might rotate them a little bit in that last week, um, just yeah, just to keep them fresh and to keep them ready. You know, get them into the, maybe that championship mindset um, a bit earlier. No, 
Oh, makes sense. And hopefully we're you know in the tournament then still. And well, um, yeah, that's the thing. We might we yeah. might be dead and buried in uh, well, yeah, in the south group by then. In that case, me and you might as well get a game down. Well, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but it could be a chance for Aldridge. You know, he yeah. seems to. Yeah, you know, he seems to be the next in line, probably after Brooks. Definitely. Um, to come into the side. Maybe Aldridge is a bit of a like for like for Delanger, perhaps. Mm, a bit definitely. taller, a bit more hit the pitch. I was impressed with Casey when he was uh, on the field for Goldsworthy on um during the Hampshire game. He just seemed to fit. Yeah. He he just seemed yeah. to fit in with um with the side he didn't look like a nervous kid just being a subfielder. He was um I mean for a six foot plenty fast bowler he was in the in the slips cordon, which is Yeah. Un- very unusual for a for a, a young kid and b a you know a big six foot plenty fast bowler so yeah impressed with him it, it yeah. just gives me a good indication of his of his character so um, yeah yeah would like to see him make his debut sooner rather than later right this is going to be a controversial one it's from Chris <laughs> Payne I wonder if Tom Abel should be leading the side in all formats um, apart from the Royal London of course. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so all two of them. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think with captains, you can never quite know how good a captain is unless you're in the dressing room. I think it's difficult, not not impossible, a bit more difficult to really judge a captain when you're outside of it. But Lewis, yeah, you just wonder whether Lewis really enjoys captaincy and you wonder, is it affecting him? He, he when did he, so he became the T20 captain in 2018 and he, we, you know, he led us mm. to finals did that year, and he had the absolute season of his life. You know, with the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, since then, I mean, he was injured for most of 2019, and then last year and this year, it's just yeah, he was something's in the been a bit off for a little while. Last year was he aged mm. the first three or four games, didn't he? Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, it's difficult. And he, yeah, he was persisting with the one over spell strategy. You know, he's done it before. He's not always done it, but he's you know the first two games this year he did it. And then he stopped it yesterday, thankfully. And we, oh, mm. lo and behold, we won. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if he's the best tactically. And I think Abel is probably a bit better tactically. But, you know, the question is whether we want Abel to be captain when he's captain of the championship as well. Mm. So it's a balance to strike. Um, I, think you I, think have, Abel, I think you have to look at it this way. Either Lewis Gregory is a better captain than Tom Abel or Tom Abel is a better captain than Lewis Gregory. Only one of those statements can be true. And if they're both yeah. regulars in a team, you know how much, how many backroom staff they've got these days. It's, it's literally the team talk, and then you do it all on the field. And I know, okay, you say literally the team talk and all you, and just what you do on the field. I know that's, you know, a lot easier said than done. But if you're playing in a team and you're a better captain than the guy who is captain, whichever whichever way round this is, something's something's wrong there. So I. Like I said, I, I think, yeah. and I think Tom Abel is. We are va- a vastly superior first-class um, county championship Red Bull team than we are in the T Twenty side of things at the moment. So, yeah, I don't know. And I'm trying to be as diplomatic in Switzerland as possible. Yeah, uh, I think Abel is the natural mm. leader of this team, and Gregory not as much. I'm not saying he's not a leader, but I don't think he's the leader quite as much as Abel and another thought that just occurred is Abel well sorry Gregory was I suppose so 2018 was the year we no longer had Allenby as Limmerslope's captain and that year Abel took the list A captaincy and Gregory took the T20 and I think it was seen as Abel having a break in the middle of summer from captaincy Mm -hmm. Um, but it's different now 
because Abel will get a break in the middle of the summer from captaincy, but that'll be when he's playing the 100. So could we not say, well, actually, it's worth him captaining in the T20 now because um, he'll get that break for either 100. Um, well, unless he might end up mm. captain of Birmingham Phoenix, who knows? But um, I don't think he's going to this year, at least. Um, so, yeah, that's, it's something to think about. And we don't want to, you know, I don't want to be critical of Lewis. And as I said, I don't think we can really know how good he is as captain without being in the dressing room. So it's an interesting one, and I think I wonder whether the club, uh, you know, would think about you know giving it to Abel. But it's, we don't want to ruin Lewis. We don't want to. No, annoy it is. Him, you know? it's, it's such a difficult, um, uh, difficult decision to make. But uh, thanks, Chris, for uh, giving us that question. And uh, <laughs> uh, have some say got their batting lineup right for twenty twenty is uh, the second part of Chris's question. Um, probably yes, maybe not. Yeah, I think I think, I think we're near enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and oh, Chris has uh, has done another one. Uh, Brooks is unlucky to be dropped, but Craig makes such a difference that sometimes you need to be ruthless. Could Brooks rotate in and out the side to give bowlers a rest? Definitely was our last was last night our best T Twenty seam attack. Probably, yeah. I think we've yeah. covered most of that. I think rotation is going to be key, particularly as we get uh, uh, we get into the uh, the back end of the campaign, which which really buffers up close to that Leicester game, which we want to be. Uh, we want to be firing on all cylinders for and having everybody fit. Um, just a point there that Chris makes about being ruthless. Do you think we are as ruthless as we could potentially be, bearing in mind that in this is professional sport and sometimes you might have to say to somebody, for example, the Lewis Goldsworthy, Tom Banton situation, sorry, Lewis, we're going to bring in we're bringing in Tom Banton. I know you've done well, but we need to pick um, our best team to, to try and win this game. Oh, yeah. This sorry, is Red Bull. Yeah, I'm talking, I'm talking about Red Bull. Right, yeah. Just as um, an example. Yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, it's a difficult one. Um, I think we, uh, you know, we've, uh, we, yeah, we, 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 well, we dropped Lamb and Beaver, mm. rest, slash rested yeah. him, you know, we, we took him out of the firing line. You know, we we took Banton out. You know, after a few games where he hadn't done so well. But with in terms of with selection, it's difficult. You don't want to give a player two game too many games too few. You know, a game too mm. few. You want to give them. You don't want to give them games too many if you can avoid it. But you know, as Matt Maynard had a saying, uh, you want to give players a game too. You rather give a game. You rather give a player a game too many than a game too few. Mm-hmm. Um, but I yeah I I don't really have an issue with. With, with that sort of thing at the moment, Somerset. I don't think we're. I think we're. I think we're striking the right balance. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think it just kind of came to a head where we 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 made the the wrong decision to open the back with Tom Banton, and that just kind of magnified itself. And you just had these little ripple effects coming out from that decision. Mm. That then Lewis Goldsworthy came in down the order did well, which meant. Um, uh, when Tom Banton wasn't making runs at the top of the order, and Eddie Byron came in, you couldn't you couldn't find a place for Tom Banton in the side, which just seems ridiculous. But um, yeah, there we go. I was thinking about um, Jason Kerr's appointment with Welsh Fire um, today, mm. and I don't think it's that bad. I think. <laughs> well, I was sort of trying to look for the positives, and he's going to go off and work with some world class players. He's going to be picking up. Tips from a world-class coach in Gary Kirsten, yeah, in uh, in a format which Somerset has traditionally been Somerset's weakest format. So I'm uh, I'm yeah, actually in recent uh, years. I've 
picked up some positives from that because if you uh, if you're in the Somerset Twitter sphere, it is uh, generally quite uh, can be quite a negative environment when uh, <laughs> when we lose or some news comes out about the hundred. I, yeah. Oh, I'm excited that um, uh, my my favourite pop star who was Lux Love is it Lux Love Jux is going to be playing on final <laughs> oh, no. day at Lords. I'm so excited. Oh. Let Great. me have a look. Yep, I'm sure. This I've, pop I've, got, star is I've got all his brilliant pop, I've got all his pop records. Yep. Let's see what he's. Oh yeah, Jax. Jax Jones. I forgot his name. I'm such mm. a big fan of his. I, I forgot his really? name. Yeah. It might have had the name. You know, he might have had the name. Yeah. He is uh, excited to announce that Feels, and that's of you know whose favourite song isn't Feels, is the official song for the hundred cricket event. I don't think I've ever heard the term cricket event before. Uh, And I'll be bringing the Jax Jones energy at the finals, performing live for everybody on 21 August. Uh, Explosion emoji, rocket emoji, and then grey fox emoji, hashtag the 100 rising. So I think we can all look forward to to Jax Jax Jones on finals day on the 21st of August. Yep. I am hooked now. I'm definitely going to attend the 100 finals because of that. Um, I can't wait. I'm, in all uh, seriousness, I'm sure this guy is a brilliant musician. I'm but sure he whatever, is. Whatever anyone does, that's not going to make me go to the hundred final. So no, I'm, and I'm sure that. Uh, hold on, should we? Uh, let's have a let's, let's have a little listen. Um, how's this going to work? Hold on, if I do this, here we go. This is a bit of Jack's jokes for you all. It's no Blackbird by the Wurzels, but it's not too bad, I suppose. <laughs> so you can hear that down because of the way that it works. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, yeah, just look it up on Twitter. I mean, I think we're missing. I, I think we're missing a social media trick here. If 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 I had access to the Somerset CCC account, everything that the uh, the hundred uh, typed out with a musical uh, vibe, I'd just repeat it and just copy and paste Wurzels into <laughs> into whoever it was. So. Uh, Whereas I was excited to announce that uh, I am a soda drinker is the official song of the NatWest for the Vitality <laughs> Blast, and I'll be bringing the Wurzels energy at the finals day performing live for everybody. Hashtag Blackbird. Sounds good. Sounds good. Oh, right. Uh, do we have any <laughs> more questions? No, I think we're done. AOB. Yeah. Do you watch so much of the women's test today? Uh, totally uh, empty, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, I had it on. Much bigger crowd at Taunton a couple of years ago. Not yeah, obviously. I, know, obviously. I don't think. It, yeah, I don't think it was a huge crowd. I mean, it's, it's a Wednesday. Mm. It's not the best day for it. Um, yeah, I think it's. I the thing I noticed though was that on Twitter, there's a lot of people talking about it, and it's big. Mm. It's getting bigger. You know, a few years ago, you know, Sky didn't even show anyone's tests until 2015. You know, they they were very below the radar, but they're mm. getting bigger and bigger. And, you know, women's cricket generally obviously is, but it was great to see, you know, a test match um, for the women, you know. They used to be at Arundel every so year, about. didn't they? Well, most Sorry? most, most of they were at places like Arundel, weren't they? Not even at proper first-class grounds. Yeah, they used to be at Wormsley sometimes mm. as well, but they're, they're moving into sort of first-class grounds now, which is good. Um, and, yeah, hopefully we see more women's tests because, obviously, we've got... There's two more this year. There's Australia up in India... Uh, in Australia, and then there's obviously the Ashes test. Um, that might be early next year. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, hopefully we keep the momentum going because you know women's test cricket has really declined in the last sort of hmm. 20 years or so. So hopefully it gets back on the up and boards invest in it because that's the only way it's going to improve and the only way the players are going to improve. Hmm. 
you know, it's, it's, it's going to happen. I think. Yeah. I think the players want to play it. And that's the main thing. Is our women's domestic structure ready for a women's two-day or three-day domestic competition? Do you think? Well, yeah, I tweeted about that today. In fact, yeah, I know. I that's think... why I asked you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, I think initially you wouldn't want to use the eight pair of teams. I just wonder whether the, the, to start with, you want to do two or four teams. You could do north, east, south, or um, you could combine the eight into four to make four teams um and then they could just play a league you know play each other once in a league system yeah i think that's the next logical step um alongside more women's tests um i mean we're not unusually not playing multi-day red bull domestic women's cricket because nowhere in the world does except i think india does a little bit um sometimes but um australia not even australia has a domestic uh, multi-day competition um for women so um you know, we're not unusual, but I think Australia will probably move towards it soon, and you know, we probably will as well. Yeah, I really hope it happens. Um, I've got my membership pack in the post uh, this week. I've got my where my card. I don't know why, but I thought oh, I'd wear it for you. the podcast tonight. Have you not got yours yet? <laughs> well, oh, they've they've messed ours up a bit. I think. Oh, uh, well, the rest of my family have got my have got theirs, but I haven't yet. And oh, I think right. I think what they've done is that mine and my me and my mum. Um, I've been swapped. Uh, I see my mum's a one-day member. I'm an everything member, and uh, my mum's received a membership for everything. And we're not really sure what's happened with mine. So, uh, There's probably all these controversial yeah. opinions were spouting on the podcast, Dan. Oh, I you're, know you're not liked by the by the hierarchy. Yeah, well, they speak, don't want me there anymore. Speaking of the hierarchy, did you get your? Have you had a little look at that one? <laughs> what's that? No. Oh, uh, I thought you might have pinched it. So this is. This is the members' consultation for proposed governance changes. God, we, no. really, we really are going to get people uh, turning off if we start going through this. Uh, was that in the membership? This was in the membership pack, yeah. So this is basically oh. saying that um, uh, to uh, to condense it, it's basically saying that um, Sport England have issued these um, uh, these guidelines about the what are effective management structures for uh, for the clubs um, and we basically need to change it and there'll be a, a vote on that um, and email your feedback uh, by Monday June 28th so it's basically saying that the current structure of the board which is the chair, treasurer, CEO eight area committee chairs and uh, four members co-opted by the chair will be reorganised into a proposed new structure with the chair, CEO Three members elected directly by individual members, four appointed directors, one of whom will be financially qualified, and a cricket foundation representative. And then in brackets, safeguarding and equality, diversity and inclusion need to be the responsibility of nominated directors. So three members can be elected, uh, three directors can be elected directly by individual members. Let's get Tractor on the board. <laughs> we, are, we are officially launching... The tractor on the board campaign, whether he likes well, it or not. Yeah, it's it's an opportunity for fan representation on the mm. board, I suppose. And yeah. there's been some yeah, some rumblings on Twitter about that recently. I think the Cricket Supporters Association mentioned that, uh, about and then maybe the Lanx Action Group as well. Mm. They've just been talking about trying to get a fan on every county board. Um, and maybe the E C B board as well. You know, it's yeah, it's the oh, kind of thing nice. you should be trying to do. Mm-hmm. The transparency. Yeah, I think it's absolutely right. Yeah, it it's it's common sense that you should have a common or guarded member on the board to represent the views of the members and fans. Uh, yeah, it ain't, yeah, it ain't so. rocket science. And I know 
I know Somerset is a is a very is and has been a very well run club. Um, you know, I don't I don't see any anything changing in that respect. But I think it would be good practice for that to that to happen. Yeah. Right. Okay. So where are we now? We're Wednesday now. So we got Sussex uh, TV against Glamorgan Saturday night, and then Overson versus Overson. Hopefully at the Oval uh, a week today. Dan, how do you see those going? Well, I see Sussex being a washout. Uh, have you seen the forecast? It's Is not it very not, good. It's not great. Uh, we might no, the bullet there then. Yeah, well, yeah, that's the thing. I was thinking the point might be a decent result. I mean, the, the day is very bad rain-wise. The evening gets a little bit better, but I, I don't think it's going to make much difference. I think it could well be a no result based on the current forecast. Um, but Glamorgan, that is one of the games we really have to be winning, you know, home to Glamorgan particularly. Um, they're, they, they're one of the weaker sides in the group. Um, we usually, I think in the last few years, we've done quite well against them in T20. And I think on paper, on paper, but we are, I think, mm. better than them, particularly at home. So I can see that being a win. Uh, and yeah, then Surrey away. Well, that's our absolute bogey match in yeah. terms of the way. I mean, as well as Kent, obviously, Kent away is difficult, mm. but Surrey away as well. In T20 cricket, we've only won once at the Oval, and that was in 2011. So that's going to be one of our absolute toughest games, um, particularly as Surrey looks strong. However, they're not going to have Jason Roy and the Currents at that point because they'll be playing for England in the. Uh, T20 series against Sri Lanka, so yeah, that gives us a sniff. And yeah, they've also so. they're also missing folks, aren't they, as well? And I don't think they've got an overseas player at the moment. They've got Carl Jameson coming later in the blast. Yeah, um, and the championship game against yeah. us. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's, but yeah, so it's a it's winnable. But yeah, sorry, we'll be favourites. They got at the over. Yeah, just had an email through from Anthony. If you're wondering where he is tonight, he's away in Wales playing golf. Ah, lucky him. But, Playing golf, yeah, playing golf, not being in Wales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As you said, I don't really like golf that much either. Oh no! I play, I, the secret to enjoying golf is to not keep score. Then it's uh, fine. Fair enough. Everybody draws eighteen all, yeah, and then you might go, a bit you, you, Yeah, everybody draws eighteen all. You go in the pub and have a pint. Fantastic. Sounds good. Right. Uh, unless you got anything else, there, Dan? Should we knock that on the air for tonight? Uh, I'll just quickly mention Western Store. Oh yeah, one yep. more match uh, on Saturday. They unfortunately lost again. They've not been as good this year, which is a shame mm-hmm. compared to last year. This is a home game as well at Taunton. Um, they only got one seven seven batting first. Uh, seven Vipers chased it down with ease, really. And they only lost two wickets. There was a superb catch from Georgia Hennessy, and that was re- you know go and watch that on Western Storm Twitter account if you haven't. Um, it was a really really good full length diving slip catch um, to get Georgia Adams out, but. Um, yeah, it's going to be tough for Western Storm to do to progress in the Hayward Finch Trophy now. They, they're pretty much mm-hmm. out of it. But thankfully, the regional T20 starts uh, a week on Saturday. So and I think they might be a bit stronger in T20 cricket. I think that might suit some of their um, players a bit more. Um, so so yeah, the England are the England players back straight after the Test match, or have we got one no, players and stuff to go with? Go with? Yeah, no, there's there's a bit of a break, but um, no, there'll be. They won't be returning to the regional C20. I rely on um, my cricket or ball chart and the women's fixtures aren't on there because they weren't available. Oh, when I went fair to press, enough. So yeah. I don't have to rely on um, your knowledge for these uh, these things, Dan. Yeah, that's okay. Um, yeah, no, I don't think England players are going to be available at all now for the Hero event or regional C20 for the rest of the season, except for when players get released from squads to play, okay. etc. Because currently Sarah Glenn, for example, is um, with her Hero event team having been released by the test squad so you know there will be odds and ends occasionally players playing but for the most part they won't really play much more regional cricket 
um, because of the England schedules and because of obviously the priority given to the 100. Oh, the 100. We do love the 100. Did you know that my favourite artist, Jack Jones, is going to be playing at, at finals day? He's great. I've got all his records. Yeah. Let's not start that again. Okay, <laughs> we'll knock that on the air for tonight then. Um, we'll catch you after the next three games, probably on uh, Thursday next week. Uh, but for Steve, who um, is uh, off doing more interesting things and recording silly old cricket podcasts, uh, for Dan and uh, Anthony, who's playing golf and not even here, so I'm not even sure why I'm mentioning him, uh, enjoy the next batch of uh, T20 games and we'll catch you next <laughs> week. <laughs>